Hello, everybody, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer. That is Trent Smallwood, and we are here talking Georgia football recruiting, but taking a little bit different angle on things as it is talking season now. So we're going to join in kind of that fun a little bit. And what we did is we reached out to the loyal members of the UGA Sports Vault, and we asked them, hey, give us your, your bold predictions, what you would like to to think is say is going to happen during the tenure of some of these 2024 prospects once they get to Athens and throughout their career in Athens and Trent we've seen some uh some interesting ones and we're going to dive into those here in just a little bit but uh first man how are you doing and second uh, how'd you enjoy watching some and listening to some SEC media days today football's getting close yeah it was good I, I was uh in and out um during work today but it, uh, I heard a little bit of LSU, uh, Brian Kelly talking about, you know, the roster. Uh, if his roster was up to, uh, you know, challenge Georgia basically. And uh, he said, you know, at this time, no. But he felt like he kept recruiting. Uh, he could get there. But it's just interesting to, to hear other coaches around the, uh, you know, the conference talk about Georgia. And, you know, Georgia's, uh, you know, set the high bar. And I think everybody, you know, they, they won that last two national championships. So everybody in the SEC and in the country are chasing one team, and that's the Georgia Bulldogs. It's interesting to, to hear them talk about what Kirby's been able to build uh, at the University of Georgia. No doubt, no doubt. Trying to, I thought our something something was going on with our feed there. I don't know what's what's going on. Uh, Andy and uh, Andy and Daniel, Jason. You guys, let us know out there in the comments if you can uh, if you can see everything good because something's something's acting up on me a little bit over on our production side of things. So y'all comment in here and let me know if uh, if everything's good. And also, while you guys are in here, hit the like button, uh, subscribe, turn on notifications, all that good stuff because uh, we're having seems like a little bit glitch stuff on my part. But uh, anyways, as long as it's good on there, Andy says it's good. Low Country Dog, everybody says it's good. So. Anyways, that's good by me, If uh, even if it's just messed up on my end. But, yeah, I thought it was interesting, that comment that you listed by, uh, you know, that you talked about right there with Brian Kelly in particular there, Trent, talking about recruiting and saying where Georgia is at roster-wise compared to LSU, even though, even though things are, you know, seem to be trending up for LSU and they were in the SEC championship game way earlier than where they, what they thought they would be, things of that nature. But Hey, that just shows you the level to where Georgia is. Now I didn't watch any of the documentary, them dogs that came on at seven and I've got it on DVR to go back and watch it. Did you watch any of that? What's your thoughts on that before yeah. we get going? Yeah, I caught a little bit of it. It was uh, more so, you know, some some speeches, probably edited speeches, um, uh, you know, pregame before SEC championship, and uh, that was where I caught uh, caught in at is, uh, you know, before the Ohio State game, uh, you know, during the Ohio State game. Um, it's just pretty neat watching, you know, the reactions on the sidelines, like when Georgia blocked the 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 kick against LSU in the SEC championship, watching the whole sideline sit there and and just waving it, telling him no, no, no. And then uh, he picks it up and takes it to the house. And then all the coaches are like, yeah, it's pretty smart. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty interesting to watch. Um, you know, especially when you've been without football since January and you're, you're diving back in, uh, you know, SEC media days and, and, you know, seeing that tonight kind of gets you in the football football mode. 
Absolutely. And speaking of uh, football mode, I mean, we're going to touch on these bold predictions here, but we're also going to be looking at high school games uh, later on in the in the show, some of the biggest high school matchups. Um, there's Jed's TikTok going on right there in the background. We're having all kinds of adventures right here, but uh, high school matchups going on this fall, Trent. So, you know, I know that's always fun. That's always something that that we enjoy getting to getting to cover, getting to to see some of these guys that maybe even are on the commit list, but you may even have some questions about them. Okay, how do they how do they fare against top tier competition and stuff like that? Um, just talk about how important senior film can be, even not just for okay where guys are in terms of we know that they're going to. Uh, you know, go to Georgia, most of them that are committed, but how their senior film could even affect things going into their time at Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's big because I mean, this you're, you're, you know, Georgia's sitting at what 26 commits and they're um, it looks like Georgia's basically coasting to the finish with a, a few big dogs out uh, still out there, out there. but, but uh, the senior film's important because you know if you're if you're on the you know the cusp or or maybe uh, you know if, if you don't have a good senior film or or um, you you've, you put on some bad weight or or you know of that sort you know you you're looking at uh, possibly not having a spot come signing day and then you know this is a cutthroat business that uh, recruiting's a cutthroat business and and these coaches are paid to win. And to, to get to that point, they have to bring the best players in as possible. So they stay on this stuff. They stay on, um, you know, uh, these kids keeping their weight uh, intact. Um, and they're, they're watching senior film, uh, watching their speed. Uh, you know, and I know Georgia's, you know, faced a lot of injuries coming in. And, uh, you know, those are not really taken into account. Like uh, Georgia still pretty much honors, honors most of those scholarships. But, yeah, senior film. Uh, for the most part, it, it is a big thing. Um, just just staying in that football shape and um, showing that you're the same player that committed when you committed. Yeah, and I think that you know when it's a guy that has moved to a different area as well to show off what they can do. A guy like Nitro Tuggle that's going to IMG. I think that's somebody that everybody wants to see. Okay, he was you know kind of a a stud you know up there in in Indiana where where he was from. But how how is he going to fare? when he gets down to IMG, I think that's somebody that, that Georgia and everybody around the country will be watching pretty closely with how he performs this fall. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason, you know, a lot of the fans and, and everybody questions camp season. And uh, I think uh, the large thing you can take out of it is, I mean, you, you get a guy just for example, of Xavier trust who plays up in Rhode Island, who uh, is playing guys that, that, you know, look like they're 160 on the defensive line and he's just bullying people. And then you come down here to the uh, Arrivals Challenge or, you know, one of the big camps in Atlanta and you're facing the top defense line in the country. And that's what Georgia wants to see you go up against. They want to, they're not just looking, are, is he winning reps? They're looking, does he have the footwork to play in the SEC? Does he have the bend to play in the SEC? Does he have uh, all the traits to be able to play offensive line in the SEC? And I think that, that that's the reason why the camps are big and that's the reason why the competition um, like Nitro moving the IMG, that's the reason why that's big on his part. Just, just to show what he can do against that kind of, um, you know, that kind of challenge. Absolutely. And uh, I think that, 
you know, whether it's him, whether it's Nikar, I think even Sokovi White, I think, you know, wide receiver has been a position that has been highly, you know, scrutinized and and picked over on the vault and stuff like that. But I think this fall is really going to be a big opportunity for those three receivers to really show what, okay, this is what Georgia saw in them. And this is this is why Georgia is so high on them, particularly Nikar and Sokovi White. I think, you know, uh, Nitro Tuggle, everybody knows that he's a guy that is immensely talented, but kind of is growing into his potential as we, as we talked there. But but Nikar and Sokovi White, I think they feel they're, they're pretty, pretty polished products. And I think those guys are really going to show off this fall. Yeah, and I I think a lot of people talk about is Georgia can Georgia land a five star receiver? I, honestly, I, they're on the cusp of having one with Nikar. I mean, Nikar could very well um, be a five star, or one of the top four stars in the country when it comes time to to you know finalize this, these class rankings. So um, I, I think Nikar and in the route running ability of Sakobi Watt, and, and you know he has a large catch radius for a guy that's uh, his size, but. Uh, his route running ability just stands out to me, and and so that that has you know he shows that he's a can, could play early uh, with with that uh, route running ability and the and the ability to catch the ball away from his uh, body and and go into traffic and make tough catches. But I think both of those guys are are guys that you can see play early, and um, I think Nitro uh, might have the highest ceiling of all three um, as well. So no, I I agree. I think he's a guy, and he. You know, I, I'm gonna I may sneak in a bold prediction uh, myself here as we get as we get going, and I, mine may center around around one of those one of those guys. So I think it's gonna be uh, a good wide receiver haul, and they they may not be done. You know, I think uh, I, I definitely think that there's going to be Georgia would love to add a fourth one, and we'll talk about that as we get going here. But Trent, before we get to the the bold predictions by the vault, we have to say thank you to Julie's bookkeeping they present the show here uh and we're we're very thankful for them coming on as a, as a sponsor of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts and listen you need to do business with Julie and Chris at Julie's bookkeeping because most of the people watching this you're dog fans they're dog fans they have a son who they raised it raised him up to be a Georgia fan he even went to school down at, at, at Florida State came back Still an avid Georgia fan after that experience. So they they raised him, they raised him right over there in a, in a Georgia household. And now he is a guy that gets to say uh say that he hates the Gators twice, is what Julie and Chris like to say. So if on the Georgia side and the Florida State side. So Julie's bookkeeping, they do what you shouldn't be worried about doing with your business. They handle all the all the bookkeeping stuff, whether it comes to, you know statements whether it comes to tax preparation any of that kind of stuff they'll help you sleep easier at night focus more on what you need to be focusing on for your business and they can save your business money and help you to be more profitable on average outsourcing your bookkeeping helps your business gain seven thousand dollars of profitability a year because you're being able to to spend more time doing what you do and you let them do what they do. Julie utilizes technology and streamlines the process so that she can provide more affordable options for small business owners. Um, listen, it's all about 
community here on the UGA Sports Vault and the event, and that's why the the site has been so great over the years. These guys are a part of that community. They want to help you. You should help them. If you go to godogs.julie, the bookkeeper, that's J-U-L-I-E, the book, B-O-O-K, and then another K, K-E-E-P-E-R.com, you can schedule a 30-minute consultation for free, and they'll tell you how they can help you with your books for your business. So visit Julie's Bookkeeping, and they will help you out today. I'll put their their information is in the description. I'll also put it scrolling across the screen where you can schedule that 30-minute consultation today. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. Go ahead and hit the like button. And without further ado, we're going to get to Mr. R. Hall because he said we we uh, missed his question last week. So we appreciate uh, we we apologize for that, R. Hall 55. But his um, he's got a prediction and he has a question. So his prediction trend is. Georgia will have 32 commits by the end of August, and he wants to know from me how many more silent commits are still on the docket. I think you were you would only probably have one, maybe two silent commits, depending on how it's they're subjective at times. But these are uh, I, for sure one guy that I know has told the staff his intentions to to be there that has not announced publicly yet. Um, but Trent, what do you think about his prediction of uh, Georgia having 30? They're at 26 right now. So uh, our Hall 55 says 32 commits by the end of August. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, that's pretty bold. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we kind of went at the end of June uh, or, you know, going into June and going into July. We had numbers um, that we threw out there. I just don't think there's enough guys on the board that Georgia's um, – still going after that's announcing before 831 that that they can hit that number um i think the more realized realistic number would be a plus or minus 28 29 maybe um i think 32 is a stretch uh you could lose a couple in between now and then as right. well uh, i i think i think you might see georgia lose one and and gain two maybe uh possibly three but uh I, that's a stretch to go to 32 i think it's pretty bold. Yeah, bold bold predictions. That's what we're calling it here. So if you were to rate that one, Trent thinks that's that one's up there, but it's not as bold as some of the some of the ones that uh that I've seen. So uh, you know, that that are gonna be on here. So those will be interesting. But appreciate our hall fifty five tuning in with us and providing us that question on the vault. This is just a straight up question, no bold predictions. I wanted to get it out of the way early. Which of Nwanri, uh, Bolden, Williams, Chris Jones, and Nate Frazier will be on Georgia's commit list by August 10th? I think you can eliminate Nate Frazier from that because I think he's – I mean, he's taking an official visit in September, I believe, so I don't think anything will happen before then. I think there's a really good chance with Justin Williams as things sit right now. We know K.J. Bolden is announcing his commitment on August 5th, so if he does select Georgia – uh, you know, trend it'll be before then, and the wander is August first, and that seems to be a Georgia Oklahoma battle. So, if, and then Chris Jones has been rumored to be around the sometime later this month. Uh, nothing, nothing exact yet there. So, how many of those would you say are out there? Uh, of of those five, will be on Georgia's commit list by August tenth. I would say three. Yeah, so and, I, I would and say I, 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 think the plus or minus, 
I'd put the plus or minus at two, um, to, to be on, or two, two and a half. Um, cause I think, uh, not knowing when Chris Jones is going to announce, uh, I still like Georgia for Bolden and Williams. I think, um, Williams to Warner is the, is the, the kicker. Um, I think he would be to either push that over two and a half or push it under. So, uh, I'll say, uh, Two, but uh, with a possibility of three right now um, to be before August 10th. I do like Georgia for Chris Jones, though. I do. And I still think Georgia is in an excellent spot for Nate Frazier. I just don't think uh, neither one of them before August 10th. Yeah, I, th- I think you could look at a solid three before August 10th for sure. I think, I think that would be a safe number. Um, here's a bold prediction. As a freshman, he's well, it's really a twofold prediction because he's, he's predicting that Justin Williams will be at Georgia. So, so that's a prediction. And he says, hey, he's going to rack up 90 tackles and 10 sacks as a true freshman. Uh, KSDJ1869, that is that is as bold as bold gets, in my opinion, there. I could honestly see uh, a player like Justin Williams getting the 10 sacks. And the 90-plus tackles is going to be hard to reach. Just simple fact that I don't think he's going to play every down – when he gets there because of the depth in front of him. Um, but I could see him as a situational guy that they move around and blitz um, and, and get, get you know, eight to ten sacks. I could see that, uh, a third down guy that rushes passer, kind of like they use Adam Anderson early in his career. And um, Alan Walker. Yeah, yeah, uh, Walker. So, yeah, I could see the sacks. I, the, the, the 90 tackles is going to be tough. Yeah, it, I mean, that's a lot. And I mean, especially when you're talking about the – Inside linebacker class that's ahead of him now. He's a talented guy, but C.J. Allen, Redland Wilson, uh, Bowles. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be there that already have a year over him. That you know, it, sometimes it takes a year to get get adjusted over there at inside linebacker, but they will use utilize him and his athletic ability for sure. Um, Jodico says Dylan Riola elects to waive his scholarship and use NIL money to pay his way through college and wins back-to-back national championships as a walk-on. So uh, invoking, you know, the spirit of Stetson Bennett there, uh, walk-on, I think, who would have thought people would already be yearning for uh, the the walk-on story of Stetson Bennett to come back once again? But, man, that is uh, that would be something that that's – I don't know that that's unrealistic nowadays, Trent, that people could say, hey, I'm making so much money, I'll just pay for my college and and allow Georgia to go get somebody else with a scholarship that needs it or something. Technically, he's going to college in the same state as he lives in now, so I guess he qualifies for some hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know the qualifications. Yeah, I don't know how to, that works. I don't but, know uh, if you have to uh, be, live there for so long. I have I have no idea with, with hope and all that kind of stuff, so. But yeah, I mean, I, it would not surprise me to see it happen uh, this day and age. I mean, you look at uh, a guy like uh, Dan at North Hall. I mean, he he never got put on scholarship, and and but he he's, I would say he's not paying for much of his college. I would say he's he's well taken care of. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it. I just don't see it with a five star number one quarterback in the country type player. I mean, I could see it happen with a player, just not. To his caliber. Now we've already seen Brock Bowers uh, tell everybody that, "Hey, I do not want the collective money. That he's not taking money from the collective. Any money from the collective, he wants directed 
towards his teammates, he's going to take his money from the bigger corporations and stuff like that. So we've seen that, and I definitely think you could see a guy like Dylan Raola do the same if it meant adding a, you know, another four or five star player to help out with uh, NIL space and stuff like that. I could definitely see that happening, but I don't know if he'll forego a scholarship. That's that's a uh, it's a lot of money. It's one thing about these Georgia players is it's all like a big family. I mean, we, we saw that happen when, or you know the, with Jalen Carter last year taking care of those guys with some NIL money. Uh, some of the the walk ons and guys that uh, don't get as much money uh, as as those star players and and they're taking care of their brothers. So, I mean, you you see you see that lot uh, guys using their NIL money just to to take care of the guys that are fighting with them in the locker room that. Is, is not getting as much attention as, as they are. No doubt. No doubt. Um, next one is from Almond Bros. One, Bowens, meaning Chauncey Bowens, leads Georgia in rushing TDs as a freshman. So let's think of uh, – so his his freshman year will be the 2024 season. It'll be the junior and year. And if everything, everything goes – yeah, I mean, Branson Robinson is going to be there. Um, you know, technically Kendall Milton could still be there, but he's eligible. He's eligible for the draft. He'll probably go. And then, you know, you're going to have Roderick Robinson there. Roderick Robinson's a guy, him and Branson are both big guys that could eat up carries that goal line. That is, that's interesting to see if he thinks Chauncey. And then two, what if they sign Nate Frazier? I think Nate Frazier I think Nate Frazier could be uh, as dynamic of a back as Georgia has seen if 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 indeed he does come to Athens. Yeah, I, I do like the prediction. I mean, I I like this one. This one is uh, I would agree with this one more than a, a couple of the the last few ones because um, I think I still Bowen think has, it's bold. I don't know if it's as bold as some of the others. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Bowen's has potential to be very very good, and I think there's going to be two junior running backs or, you know, three junior running back or two junior running backs and a sophomore running back in front of them. But I still, you know, Georgia has shown that they'll use multiple backs. They'll use freshman backs and uh, Bowens is very good. You know, I, I think that's, that's bold, but it's the way Georgia uses running backs. It's not, uh, it would not be surprising if a freshman let him in running back uh, touchdowns. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's all depends on usage and, you know, some of those, listen, as good as Georgia has been, there's a lot of opportunities for uh, quote-unquote garbage time as well. And some of those times, some running backs get loose and some some touchdowns get uh, get added to the stat sheet there that way as well. So I guess you know that they're going to have the third and fourth quarter against Florida every year. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll put that in there on the on the reel there on TikTok. Trent saying that Florida's <laughs> hot garbage, pretty much. Uh, all right, so the boy racer 45, both Ellis Robinson and Nikar start multiple games as true freshmen. That's an interesting one because, you know, Kirby has always been a little bit hesitant to start a freshman at corner if he, you know, he, he really doesn't want to do that. Um, like to have an experienced guy there if he, if he can, but Ellis Robinson, uh, is as talented of a guy as I've seen it at the corner position. I mean, he's, he's the instincts, uh, you know, the ability to, the ability to, to play the ball in the air, the competitiveness. I really like him a lot. And Nikar, 
here's my bold prediction. Nikar will be wide receiver one for Georgia at some point in his career. That is that is how gifted this young man is, in my opinion. I think he is as underrated as they come in terms of how people view view him. I saw him and Jeremiah Smith working out on the same field. And I'm telling you, Nikar is not that far off in terms of in, in terms of where uh, Jeremiah Smith is with the ability just it looks like they're gliding across the field and able to track the ball so well make catches so i i, I like that one i don't think that one's maybe as bold as bold uh boy racer thought it was going to be there uh trent i mean i guess i can make a bold uh, i guess bold statement on top of this i think ellis robinson is the most talented cornerback kirby smart has landed which he hasn't signed yet but as far as commitment this is the most talented cornerback he has landed at Georgia since he has been in Athens. Yeah, and that's that's saying something. I mean, there's been there's been some guys. Uh, you know, we didn't look like it at the beginning, but think how talented Eric Stokes ended up. You know, being and what he's done in the NFL in a short amount of time, and and you know, you had you had uh, Baker there, which he was there before you know Kirby got there, but he, what he ended up, you know, what he ended up doing. Um, Tyson Campbell, who's now a stud in the in the NFL and and uh, was just immensely talented out of high school. Of course, Kelly Ringo was a five star and and now is in in the league as well. So, that's saying a lot, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's totally out there. I, I agree with you. I think he's a he's a tremendous tremendous talent. All right, uh, Big Fatty ninety four. He says on offense, Raola wins the job as a freshman. So there's one prediction. Will be the best statistically in Georgia history. There's a really bold prediction. Lures in some big-time wide receivers in the 25 and 26 class and a huge quarterback in the 26 class. So this big fatty 94 went all out. He's saying they're going to land Julian Lewis pretty much in 26 because of Raiola coming in and dominating so heavily and that he's going to have the best statistical season in, in Georgia history. That's a, that's a lot of stuff there, there, Trent. Let's, let's parse through that one a little bit before we get to – we've already kind of touched on Ellis Robinson. He says Ellis Robinson can be a three-time All-American on defense. I, I think we both agree with that. That's not that's, – it's going to be really hard, but it's not far-fetched. I mean, I think it could happen. Yeah, uh, I think – Raul wins job as a freshman. I think that very well could happen. I, you got to watch Stockton, uh, you know, Stockton's relationship with the Bobo family and stuff. I think uh, he's he's going to be uh, given every chance to to win that job. But I also think um, Raul is going to make it very difficult on any quarterback in Athens to, with his um, with with his ability to play that position. I don't know about the best statistically in Georgia history. I think. Uh, I, I don't know what statistic basically we're talking about here. Um, you know, the, the, it's going to be hard to beat the yards thrown or whatever, but I think Georgia's going to throw the ball a lot more. Uh, I do think Georgia's going to throw the ball um, uh, down the field. I do think that he can put up or average 300 yards per game plus. Um, uh, I do think he can learn, learn some wide receiver 25-26 class. Now, his production could very well – if he starts as a freshman, you know, plays a sophomore, it very well could have an influence on the Juju Lewis decision. Even though he, you know, Juju Lewis has summed it, uh, narrowed it down and stuff. Uh, these next couple of years, the way Alabama's transitioned in their offense, kind of back to a, a, a more pro style offense, I, I very well could see um, 
um, this having an impact on Juju. Yeah, I mean, Stetson Bennett had the the most yards in Georgia history last year in a in a season for 4,127. Imagine saying that a couple of years ago, you know, the most ever in a, in a, in a Georgia season. So, you know, Aaron, Aaron Murray had 3,800 was the, the high going into that. So, uh, they, our, our man TK over there, uh, on my show, he calls him, uh, 4k step, Quavius. Uh, so 4k step Quavius would, went off last year, but he wasn't the highest on touchdowns and stuff like that. Of course, Aaron Murray was, had all kinds of SEC records in terms of career because he played so long at, at Georgia and, and Bobo threw it so much with him. So, you know, returning to more of the high flying, I think that's a great point that you bring up there, Trent. That when you talk about Julian Lewis and we talk about Alabama and Tommy Reese and Mike Bobo at Georgia, it's really, you know, a case is this two ships kind of passing in the night type thing where Alabama's going more in the okay, we're gonna we're gonna get back to some twelve and some 12 and 13 personnel and, you know, make a more of a commitment to running the football and go and play action and things like that. And Georgia's maybe trending more towards, Hey, let's, let's open this thing up a little bit more and, and continuing to, to develop offensively, especially with how Bobo people don't have, people have that misconception of how Bobo likes to stretch the field and likes to take his shots. Um, I think that that could be a very interesting dynamic there. If, if that comes to fruition. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting that um, you, you talk about the offenses kind of going separate, you know, in a different direction is uh, I think Saban's realized over the past couple of years that, um, you know, when they transitioned offenses, he was still landing those big offensive linemen. He was still landing those uh, talented defense linemen. And, and over the past couple of years, he's seen Georgia become the most dominant team in the country in the trenches. And I think that's the one thing we look back on Mark Rick and say, where did Mark? Why didn't Mark Rick win a national championship? He wasn't good enough on the offense and defense line, and uh, that's where Kirby's built. Uh, that's where he's built this program on the offense defense line. Look at this year's class on the offense line, and I think Georgia surpassed Alabama in the trenches, and I think that's the reason why uh, why Saban is like we gotta we gotta get back to physicality, and um, you know it might not. I think they're still going to run uh, an offense that um, you know has a quarterback that's ability to throw the ball on field. I'm not saying that. I think they're just going to try to get more physical in the trenches and, you know, use them power backs that they have. Cause they got, you know, Haynes and, and all them guys up there that can really run the football. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out over there with, with, uh, you know, the transfer, the, listen, we got to talk about transfer portal now too, because, that's a big aspect of a lot of this stuff. We're talking about recruiting and, and, you know, you got to add in the transfer reporter too. Well, Alabama now, they, they weren't confident enough in their quarterback recruiting of what they had. They had to go out in the, in the transfer portal and bring in a guy who was at Notre Dame and stuff like that. So lots of lots to, to pick through as we go throughout the, the season here. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how these situations develop. DB Dog Seven, uh, he says his bold prediction is Raula is the first UGA player since Herschel to win the Heisman. So that's a that's a big that's a I mean it hasn't happened. So that's a big that's a big prediction. And then he he says he wins it by his sophomore year while also winning the national championship the same year. That's interesting because you haven't seen that happen in a while. I don't think a Joe Burrow maybe was the last one, but before that. There was a, a long streak of guys who, if they won the Heisman, they ended up losing in the national championship game. 
Uh, he says, and then he goes number one in the 27 draft. So DB Dog 7 is all in on him some Dylan Riola here, Trent. So um, would that be back to back to back to back to back? Would that be? How many backs <laughs> do we back. have there? Uh, I mean, I, I, that, that, that's bold, but it's honestly, uh, I mean, it, it's something that the way Georgia is going on offense to – kind of highlight the quarterback position more and landing the number one player in the country, number one quarterback in the country. It makes sense that, that, I mean, this is, this is bold, but it's not, uh, it's something that very well could happen. I mean, you're playing uh, the, the number one, the number one quarterback in the country is playing on the number one team in the country that's starting to highlight the quarterback position more. I mean, I can see it happening. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, it is, it is going to be fascinating now. You know, Raul is immensely talented, but that is a that is a lot of expectations to put on on anybody right there. But that that's what he wants. That's what he came to Georgia for. That's what he. Uh, that's one of the main things that, you know, one of his comments was that hey, there's a lot to do at Georgia that hasn't been done in terms of offensively and individual awards and stuff like that. And the as the you know high tide raises all boats so as as georgia's talent level around him gets better and you know also of course he has to compete with guys like stockton and puglisi first so he's got to go out and win the job but these kind of things aren't out the out of the realm of possibility with how talented georgia is going to be over the next you know three four five years so it'd be going to be quite quite interesting there uh, Jay Tofford, the UGA class of 2024 will produce more first-round draft picks than any in the history of college football. So, a singular draft class. I would be interested to know what the record is for a singular draft class producing because all those five guys that Georgia had drafted in the first round, they weren't all from the same draft class uh, or from the same same signing class. But that would be that would be a lot. I would be interested to know what that total is, uh, Trent. We where's Dave McStats when we need him? We need we need to text Dave real quick and see if he can get on that and figure out. I don't even know if they keep that kind of stat. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, just bringing in six tackles, you got a feeling that you know two of them are going to you know be your left and right, and then you know that's the possibility of two going with the quarterback position, um, a talented tight end. Uh, they could push first round and then the Ellis Robinson who could, they could push first round. Then you got a guy like Justin Williams who could, uh, you know, push up there if, if George is able to land him. And then you got an athlete like KJ Bolden, who is uh remarkably talented. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what the record is, but I think Georgia has the potential to have a lot of first round picks out of this class. Um, just, just looking at it from a talent standpoint. Now it's also important that they go out on different years because that can add to it. I mean, it's hard in all one singular year, but if some of these guys hang around for four years, some go at three and you end up getting, Hey, you get three, one year four another year. Then you're talking about seven guys who've been drafted as first round draft picks. And that could be, what, that could if, really make that come to fruition better. If Georgia takes 32 in this class, they're just preparing them for 32 picks. <laughs> there you go. One through 32, all Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> Uh, that 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 you can send your uh, tweets to at Smallwood Trent there <laughs> on Twitter. 
He's the one that, that, that said that. So uh, Andy Stowe, our man Andy, says this class will produce the second 1,000-yard receiver in UGA history. Terrence Edwards, of course, being the other one. But, Trent, that's implying that somebody doesn't do it this season. I think um, it happens this season. Yeah, it's going to be the – only, the only thing that I think Andy may be thinking here is there's a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, you got to get Dominant Love at the ball. You got to get Lad McConkey the ball. You got to get Ra Ra Thomas the ball. You got to get Ra, uh, Marcus Rosemary Jackson the ball. You got to get, uh, you know, Brock Bowers and Oscar Delp, even Lawson Lucky the ball. You got to hand the ball off to the running backs. It's there's only so many yards to go around. You know that that's that's the only thing I may wonder about. This is as deep of a of a weapon arsenal that Georgia has had in a long time. So I don't know if anybody can compile that amount of yards. But I, I really think you saw um, since McClendon's been there, and I know he's faced some injuries, but he's really trimmed the uh, substituting down, um, unlike what they used to do, where they would rotate, you know, it, rotate three guys in every play. Uh, basically, um, I, I think he's trimmed that down. You started seeing guys get 45, 50 um, snaps in a game. Guys like McConkey. Um, uh, Rosemary Jack Saint last year was getting, uh, I think he averaged, you know, 45 to 50 snaps a game. Um, those guys, I, I think there's going to be a lot of production there. And I think there's going to be less receiving at the running back position because you've lost Kenny McIntosh. You've lost James Cook. I know they have guys coming in that can do it, but I think uh, that those targets are going to be more suited for the tight end and wide receiver position. So I think you're going to see more targets to the wide receiver, which is going to allow um, that number. To get close, because I think uh, um, McConkey, if he stays healthy, he could very well push 800 to to a thousand. Uh, it's very realistic, and I think uh, Dominic Lovett is a guy that could push that too. And then you got Brock Bowers, who could, who, who's uh, of course is a tight end, but uh, you know he, he could be a thousand yard receiver. So I think you got three or four guys. Well, Andy, Andy, Andy says he he tells us he's on here. He said I think Brock gets a thousand. Just too many mouse immediate wide receivers. So we we got to read. He says second wide receiver, yeah, thousand yard receiver. So he didn't say tight end. So there he's qualified a little bit. I still think there's going to be a thousand yard receiver this year. I don't know hey. which name it's going to come from. Whether it's McConkey or Levitt. Hey, maybe. Uh, um, I just did some quick math. If Arian Smith keeps his his average of thirty two point two yards per catch, he would only need thirty one catches. This year at that rate, at that rate to hit a thousand yards. So if he if he if he got uh, thirty one catches, Arian Smith could do it at the clip of thirty two point two yards per catch, which is his career average. So hey, there you go. Uh, we'll we'll see see what happens. What, what, what did McConkey have last year? Seven sixty two. Yeah, and he probably had two hundred yards and drops uh, there in the middle of the year. He was he had the had the yips and dropped a couple balls and. And uh, you know, some deep shots and things like that. So, uh, you know, that it's it's feasible for sure. But uh, for Andy Stowe's to work out, he needs Brock to do it, and not a receiver uh, for his bold prediction. All right, so this one's a bold in the other way, uh, bold in the negative sense for Georgia. Uh, G A W. Uh, God Dog 19 says the dogs will not only miss out on every five star wide receiver left remaining in the 24 class, but they will never land one in the next three classes. It says five star wide receivers and UGA don't mix. We're like oil and water. 
Ooh, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty bold in the opposite direction there, Trent. They don't get one in the next three classes. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen because I think Nikar has every chance to be a five-star in this class. And, um, you know, saying they very well could miss uh, if, if you're referring to uh, Wingo and um, Matthews and Jeremiah Smith, they very well could miss out on those. Um, but I, I do think Nikar is going to be or really pushed for that five-star status this year. And then next year, uh, you know, they already have a commit um, – next for for next year but i you know i don't think they get ron williams at the end that that's somebody i think six Alabama. but i also thinks it goes back to what what do the offenses look like this year i think a lot of people are are still you know they're still question questioning georgia's a running team georgia's a running team even if you can put up the stats and show that georgia passed for this many more yards than florida did last year um they think florida's a passing team and georgia's a running team and it 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 it's the negative recruiting on the trail that, uh, you know, it still haunts Georgia in, in, in that aspect. But I, I still think Georgia's going to put up a lot of passing yards this year. And um, that's, that's, it's going to go away on the field. I think Georgia, the only way Georgia can put it away is, is, is throwing for 300 yards a game on the field. And they were close to it last year. But I think it was more, hey, they dump it off their tight ends, they dump it off their running backs. They're not necessarily throwing to their wide receivers. And I think that's where, uh, you're going to see Georgia have a thousand yard receiver this year. Are you ready for uh, what I think is the boldest one uh, of the entire deal? It's from our good friend D Franklin 31. He says Jeez. the dogs flip Justin Scott, Jeremiah Smith, and Mike Matthews before early signing day. Roderick Robinson leads the dogs in rushing this season, and Carson Beck is a Heisman finalist. The last Listen, two, the last two, I'm all about. The, the first three. So you think Roderick Robinson, as a true freshman, could lead Georgia in in rushing this season? Yeah, just for the simple fact, I, you know, I, I trust Dejon. I just think Dejon's more of the I'm going to come out there and I'm going to kick your butt in the, in the third and fourth quarter type back, and uh, he's the kind of guy that just puts the exclamation mark on it. Um, Kendall Milton. It's trouble to stay healthy. And I think, um, you know, Andrew, uh, that Paul's still there coming off ACL. Just think if this could be a year where a freshman comes in and does that. And Roger Robertson is SEC ready from a uh, physicality standpoint. Like he's his frame and everything's uh, – that, that would not surprise me to see Roger Robertson lead the dogs. I, I think if I was predicting right now, I think Kendall Milton's going to have a special year. But this is only if he stays healthy, and he hasn't been able to do that so far. And the thing with Kendall Milton has been the soft tissue injuries, and those are just—it's just something you can't predict, and uh, just gotta, you know, Kendall Lord Milton for him that that it works out better for him this year. So he looked like yeah. a five-star running back in the second half of the season when he was healthy last year, and uh, I think, or the last, you know, four or five games, and I think if Georgia can get that Kendall Milton, they're going to be fine. But it. Again, he was out for the spring with a, with a hamstring, I think. So um, you got to have Kendall Milton healthy, or I could see Roger Robinson coming in leading dogs in Russian. Would not surprise me. Now, the, the first part, we just <laughs> dogs flip Justin Scott, Jeremiah Smith, and Mike Matthews. Uh, it, I guess he's implying Mike Matthews going to Tennessee on uh, when he commits on the 19th, which that 
probably a high possibility. Um, man, if Georgia were to flip all three of those guys, one, I want to find the guy who's who wrote the NIL check because that would be a massive achievement. I want to go see if I could like wash his car on the weekend or something, get a little extra ca- uh, change myself. You know what I'm saying, Trent? Because that would be that would be a massive undertaking to do that. Yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see how any way that could happen. Um, and I, I don't think Georgia. You know, it, the reason why you only see top teams land five, six uh, in the NIL era is just because there's not enough, you know, NIL money to go around for these top guys, and and uh, you you start seeing those kind of separate a little bit. I, I don't see in any world that those three flip to Georgia. Um, I, I, I could see one. I could see, you know, if two happened, I don't think you're going to flip two five-star wide receivers come signing day. Yeah, I don't even think Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean are writing them that, that big of checks to to Georgia to help help, <laughs> help float them for that kind of thing. So, it'd be uh, you know, you never know. Darth Janus ends it up here on the bold predictions by saying this class will win Two natties at least. Yazid Haynes in the 23 will have a thousand yard season. I'm assuming he's saying before he's gone. Both Raylan Wilson and CJ Allen win the Buckus Award in their careers. And Raola has over a 4,000 yard season. That's going to happen. If he's the quarterback at some point for an entire season for Georgia, he will have over 4,000 yard season. I think you're honestly going to start seeing those regularly even with Carson bet this year I think you're going to see 4,000 yard seasons stack up here for Georgia throwing the ball because I just think they have so many weapons and defenses can't stop it um yeah Yazid Haynes I can see that yeah the two natties but that that Buckus award deal that's interesting there and it's not I mean I think Raylan Wilson and CJ Allen are both studs I, I think Raylan Wilson is really 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 good um both of them winning it. Uh, you'd have to see one of them win it their sophomore year, one of them win it their junior year, maybe before they both went off to or one or one go to the league after their junior year, one come back as a senior and win it that yeah. way. That's how that would probably have to go down. Yep, but then if you have Justin Williams coming in right behind them, and and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I, there's a lot that goes in that. I think Georgia's inside linebacker depth is so deep, it's gonna it's going to be an all out brawl to see who gets those linebacker spots and and especially uh, this class this past class coming in on top of having uh your two starting linebackers coming back this year i think you're you could literally go six deep and just be very talented at the linebacker inside linebacker position this year and i think that's one of the reasons why you saw the two guys transfer out when going to alabama i think they saw what was in that class and and you know, it's only going downhill from here. Uh, you still have Jalon Walker um, at, at that position. I mean, you just have a, a – man, Schumann's done some work on the trail to have all these guys come in after one another. And he continues to put out um, uh, NFL draft picks. So, um, props to him, but that is a very bold statement. Yeah, we, 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 that's what we wanted. We wanted bold predictions. We appreciate you guys on the vault playing along and and giving us your bold predictions here for the class of 2024 as they enter into their senior years and enter into the enter into the um the their 
Georgia career shortly after that. A lot of these guys will be on campus in January and embarking on the start of that Georgia career. We'll we'll dive into the high school matchups a little bit more in depth. But real quick, Trent, before we sign off, I know some some games that I'm looking forward to just from a, a standpoint of uh, Raola, if Bolden comes aboard to to Georgia, uh, Jaden Perlotti, seeing those guys and Buford play this year against teams like Marietta, like Collins Hill, uh, like St. Francis early on from out of the Baltimore area, of course, uh, playing against Mill Creek. So I think those type of games are really tell you a lot about where those guys are development-wise and and what they're going to do about against some really stiff competition over there at Buford. Yeah, and they do they play away or home against Mallard Creek of North Carolina. Um, I mean, they got they got four or five games that's going to be very very good. Um, you know, I just look forward to uh, good competition games. Uh, I think um, you're going to see a lot of that. Um, there, there's a lot of um, it, you know, Juju at Carrollton is going to have some big games. Um, it, there's just going to be a lot of big games with some big quarterbacks in it. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the, the the season. I haven't dove into all the schedules quite yet. But uh, even around here, I think uh, Gainesville is going to be very good. Buford's going to be very good. Um, you know, I think uh, the, there's, you know, Collins Hill and, and those teams are going to be – uh, there's just going to be a lot of talent uh, around this, you know, Gwinnett County uh, Hall um, area, and I think uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to being able to go out and seeing, uh, especially Raul, uh, especially in that first matchup, being able to, to go out and see him and, and see how he performs. Because I, I really – I know you saw him in a seven-on-seven session uh, – or not seven, a throwing session over at Jefferson, but I haven't yet to see him live, and I'm just uh, – you know, I'm looking forward to just seeing him the way the ball comes out of his hands and 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 being at Buford. Yeah, it's pretty special for sure. Uh, the the he just the release the the fundamentals that he has. We got some questions here on YouTube. We'll hit real quick uh, before y'all go. Why isn't Bolden considered more as a receiver? He's very smooth. He's a talented guy, but I think the consensus is everybody just sees him as being a safety at the next level. His instincts, his his ability to close on the ball. I mean, just. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a sure tackler, so I, they, they like him a lot on that side of the ball. Aiden Cruz asks, uh, in your opinion, um, did we land another wide receiver in 2024 class? I don't know. I like I, I go back and forth between that. I know that now with Matthews having set a commitment date of the 19th and it looking like that's going elsewhere and, you know, Wingo's towards December, I still tell people all the time, don't. I wouldn't put any stock in anything that you're hearing about where Wingo's going to go right now. It's going to be much more towards December when that gets decided. And Missouri's going to be in there, t- uh, Tennessee, Texas. But I think Georgia's going to be in there as well. So that could be an option. Amari Jefferson, I just don't feel as good about right now for for Georgia. But, Trent, there's going to be some talented, talented guys in the transfer portal that nobody even knows about yet that I think that could be really your better option than going the high school route at this point, um, maybe with with some of the options that they would have. Yeah, and you could see Georgia lose. Uh, I mean, numerous guys at position with with guys like uh, with with Levitt, McConkey, um, um, you know, uh, Rara Thomas. He had a good year. I mean, uh, a bunch of these guys could uh, are going to be draft eligible, and um, uh, you could see Georgia lose a lot. So I could very well see them taking another one. But 
yes, the transfer portal is going to continue to be electric every year. And uh, I think Georgia is going to continue to be on the hunt, especially uh, as long as they're not uh, not saying that they are landing talented wide receivers, but as long as they're wanting the wide receiver depth, like they went to get Rara Thomas and Dominic Levitt this year and being able to get two of the top receivers in the portal, Georgia's going to continue to go that route um, in the years to come. Absolutely. Uh, back to some high school games real quick. I was looking at, at uh, Hawkwood County's schedule. They play Lee County at home, which uh, Os- Osmani Chroma is going to be playing against them. So there's a talented running back in the 25 class. I put out a big board, uh, a hot board today on 225 running backs over on the site. So that's him matching up against against Nicar in, in that matchup over there. Uh, uh, Cockwood also plays at Camden County, which is where Elias Williams is this year. So that's going to be a big game as well. So a, a lot of a lot of matchups that inside the state of Georgia here that we're looking forward to being able to to see those guys kind of kind of lock up and you know use as a measuring stick. Yeah, it's got a little different. Uh, I thought it was funny. You know, Georgia, when, when Kirby came along, it, we used to be out every Friday seeing Georgia commits because there were so many commits in the state. And it's helped this year with Dylan Raula transferring in and being able to go see a commit at Buford. Um, it, I know they get Perlate, but uh, being able to go and, and see him. But uh, when Georgia started recruiting nationally, you get like halfway through the year and you're just rotating back through the the commits uh, and seeing them again. So we get to see them. Uh, you know, we'll see a couple of the commits, uh, you know, numerous times this year. And I'm looking forward to being able to see Sokovi, uh, especially, um, you know, his ball skills and, and his route running ability. I'm looking forward to seeing him. And, and um, you know, th- th- there's a, there's a, Georgia Georgia hasn't landed as many in-state guys, but you know if Georgia's able to land KJ Bolden, you're going over and seeing three commits at Buford. So it's going to be a fun year uh, being able to see these guys and um, even even some 25 commits as well. Uh, speaking of big games, you know Nair Daniels and Bergen Catholic they'll be playing uh, in Florida against Chaminade, which is where Jeremiah Smith plays. So that'll be a big game. Uh, Bergen Catholic plays against Don Bosco Prep, so you'll see you could potentially see Nair Daniels versus Jordan Thomas against each other. Two dog commits going against one another in that that game. So there's lots of big games to to look forward to, not only in the state of Georgia but around the the country as well. And we'll like I said, we'll dive into more of those, but I just wanted to mention some of them, just kind of tease those out there as we're getting closer to it. Trent, anything you want to? uh leave everybody with before we before we hop off here no i'm looking forward to sec media days in the morning with kirby uh getting on there and and you know talking about georgia looking forward to to hearing from the players and um you know you know seeing i know there's going to be questions thrown out about uh how he convinced his team that they were going to be seven and five this past year or how their expectations are going to be so low and i'm interested to see you know his answers on that because um you know, I, I still don't know. I, I didn't think Georgia was going to win the national championship last year, this past year, but I I definitely didn't think they were going seven and five. So uh, it, it's interesting to see how Kirby works. And, and, you know, the motivational standpoint is keeping the, these players from year to year focused on the, the prize, which is ultimately winning the national championship and how he keeps that focus after winning back to back. No doubt it's going to be, it's going to be fun to cover as we get through the talking season here and enter into actual football season. So 
Uh, we appreciate all you guys tuning in. Hit that like button, subscribe, turn on notifications, check out our show partners over here, Julie's Bookkeeping. All the information is in the description. Go to godogs.juliethebookkeeper.com for a 30-minute free session. Appreciate you guys. Like I said, like, subscribe, turn on notifications. For Georgia football recruiting next Monday night at 8.30 on UGA Sports, Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>